The opinions expressed by the guests and contributors of this podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Cornell University or its employees. Welcome to another episode of the Inclusive Excellent Podcast. Today, we will be talking with Cassie Pierre-Joseph, who is the Director for Employee Engagement at Cornell. We talk with her about her role in welcoming and onboarding new Cornell staff and the things that we can all do to positively influence a new staff member's experience. Cassie also tells us about her own journey and shares her insights on today's world of work and how it's evolving when it comes to inclusion and employee engagement. My name is Erin Sambushase. My name is Toral Patel. And you are listening to the Inclusive Excellent Podcast. Welcome, Cassie. We're so happy to have you join us today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. We always enjoy talking with you, and it's great to have some time with you today to talk about things that we all care about. But before we get into that, could you just introduce yourself for our audience? Okay. I am Cassie Pierre-Joseph, and my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I have been at Cornell. Oh, my. (laughs) I think I might have to, I'll safely say over 10 years. Okay. Uh Yeah, I can safely say that, too. (laughs) I'm not quite there yet. Almost, almost. I definitely think we've known each other longer than 10 years. So, yeah, I think that's a safe safe assumption. Yep. So tell us a little bit first just about your 10 plus years Mm -hmm. at Cornell. What what has been your professional path? Uh, And then leading right up to sharing more about what you do now. I have had quite the journey at Cornell, and I'm happy to say it's been a good one. Um, I started off in the work-life office. I was the program manager for work-life operations. Then I became the program manager for diversity and inclusion. And then I got a great opportunity to become the director for career life programs and diversity engagement. And then I moved into a role that was specific to leading retention and working within the recruitment team. And now I'm a part of the newly created office called the Employee Experience, and I lead engagement initiatives for the university. I'm the director for employee engagement. Wow, Wow, Cassie, that's amazing. Have you always worked in the staff spaces this whole time? I have. I've always been in um, human resources, in the Division of Human Resources, and my programs are typically geared towards staff. However, I don't turn anyone away. Of course. So, <laughs> Which I think Erin and I know that about you for sure. Um, so Cassie, can you tell us a little bit more about your current role? We've talked about the fact that this idea of this new team, employee experience, that's a new term, right? It's not something that you hear about in a lot of organizations. And then in particular, the engagement piece that you work on, what does that entail? So the employee experience is a new term, but of course, it's not a new concept. And what our team is about is helping employees maximize their experience. So I'm happy to work with a team that touches well-being, HR analytics, talent management, which would include remote work, retention, and my self-engagement. And I've created a multitude of engagement-related programs over the years, And right now, my focus is on new hires. Mm. 
Well, and I, I know that you've done a lot over the years in all your various roles as it pertains to engagement. Um, for those who don't know, Cassie was the, the, the leader of our colleague networking groups. And I would say um, it was your imagination that created Yes, them. that's right. Yeah, and hard work. Yes, yes. <laughs> you've yes. seen it through to fruition. Yeah, we, there's a lot of visionaries out there, but they're not necessarily seeing anything through, but you did. So, yeah, definitely that. And that, obviously, colleague networking groups are huge from an engagement standpoint. But from a new hire standpoint, you know, that that is an interesting way to think about engagement, right? Because they've just gotten here. (laughs) You know, they've just started. And I I think it could be easy to assume, well, of course they're engaged because they they wanted to work here, Mm -hmm. you know? But the fact that we have you working more specifically with that population, can you give us a little bit of a sense of what it is about that population in particular that you're focusing on to ensure that they're having a good experience and engagement and that sort of thing? Sure. Well, thank you for acknowledging um, my work with the colleague network groups. It's definitely something I'm proud of and thankful I was given the opportunity to do. And part of why I created the colleague network groups was because when I was a new hire, I was facing some challenges to adjust to the Cornell community and culture. And I knew I couldn't be the only one. And I identified other communities that were having similar challenges that I was experiencing. And through that difficulty came this great solution that has been very impactful for myself and others. And I continue to always think back to what it was like when I first got here. And so as I work with new hires, they are experiencing some of those same challenges of adjusting to a very complex institution that is a stellar institution, and that comes with another level of complexity that may be new to them. Well, I appreciate you sharing that about your own experience, Cassie, um, at the beginning. And, and that that is good that you haven't forgotten that, <laughs> you know, in some ways, right? Because you're able to use that to inform what you're now doing with new folks. And, you know, it really brings me to, you know, what our theme has sort of been with our podcast this year is thinking about that sense of connection, that sense of inclusion, that sense of belonging. And so I'm wondering just to get, you know, again, to get your take sort of your thoughts around those terms, inclusion and belonging. In your opinion, what do they mean? What do they look like? What does it feel like when you know it's being done well and when it's not? Um, I, I think inclusion can mean a lot of things because it varies from person to person. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you feel like you can be your authentic self mm-hmm. and you can share your thoughts and ideas and they be embraced. And you can thrive because you're provided with the tools and resources to do so. You feel like the all you can be is supported and you're given the proper platform to launch into, again, all you can be. That's a great thought, Cassie. And it's it's funny because now that, you know, even though we moved a little bit further in our conversation, you mentioned something that's just really resonating with me. And it's this idea of in your current role, you think about like what it was like when you first started here at Cornell, right? And I think like I keep like in my mind going back to, hey, what was it like when I first started here? And, you know, in the sense of belonging and inclusion component piece, like I felt like I was truly accepted by my team. And yet, like because I started at the veterinary college, like there weren't many people like me there, right? And so there was still a, a, a part of me that was like, huh, even though like I can be my my authentic self, I can bring all of the the skill set that I was able to bring to the table and really connect with my team members, 
it was being part of the colleague network groups that really made me feel like I can also find that, that sense of community with like-minded individuals, maybe those that are experiencing similar things. So I feel like even though you can find that connection with your team, there still might be something that might be missing for some of our individuals, some of our employees in terms of that inclusion space, right? And so that's what I've been thinking about since, since you mentioned what was it like for you when you started here. Yeah, I think the reality is that we have individuals that may be the only or one of a few wherever they are. However, they're not the only or one of a few when you look at it from the perspective of the whole university. So giving them the spaces to come together, it adds to the sense of belonging. It adds to the opportunity to connect and build your network. And that strengthens your ability to thrive here. So it's, uh, yeah, that's actually a good point. So with some of the stuff that you're doing with some of our new hires, I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, that those are opportunities for them very early on in their time here to connect with people Mm -hmm. beyond their own work unit, you know, even if it's virtually, because I know nowadays a lot of things are based on virtual connections. But I would imagine with some of the work that you're doing, you know, with them, there, there is that opportunity relatively early on, you know, to realize, oh, yeah, it's not just my work unit. There are people beyond that. Am I right? Yes, and we have more things coming, actually. So the intent is to provide them with access as well as resources to enhance their employee experience from day one. So one of the programs we provide is called the Big Red Welcome It's a monthly opportunity to connect with fellow new hires. It's an opportunity to get information specific to being a Cornell employee, like in terms of the um, perks and resources that we have. They receive a monthly message that includes an invitation to a virtual workshop. Um, It includes information about events that are happening on campus and in the community. And it also reminds them of a particular resource we have that may be related to growing their career or, again, just the great things we have access to because of what Cornell touches. So this is a monthly opportunity to be reminded of these are the things you now have as a Cornell employee. And I think that's great, right, especially for new hires, because when you're just first starting your job, you're so ingrained in learning the job itself that you you are not necessarily seeking out these additional opportunities. So receiving that email or the notification to say, here are things that are available for you, I think it can get them out of that immediate work mode just to kind of experience what else Cornell has to offer and what's available for them as new hires. Yeah. And if you have questions about the culture and how do I go about doing this? I am there to help them find the answer. So a part of that program is also just knowing that you have a resource in me to help you navigate the difficulties you may be experiencing as a new hire. I think that that's actually critical because I'm going to assume that all of these individuals are, are people that you don't actually work with in the Correct. same you know, right. unit or office, right? And so there could be some, I would imagine, well, I don't have to imagine, I remember <laughs> from my own beginnings that there could be some trepidation sometimes to ask questions of the people that you immediately work with because, you know, you're, you're trying to make a good impression. <laughs> you are trying to show them that, yeah, they were right to hire you. And, yeah. and yeah. it's not always easy for people to show that they don't know something or that they have 
have, a, you know, that they're not sure what to do about something. So right. having you there provides a really nice, neutral, objective resource to, so that they don't have to out themselves and, you know, they're concerned to these people that they have to deal with every day. Right. And I don't always have the answer. Because, of course, our colleges and units have very different experiences, and they may be very specific to that college or unit, but I am there as a resource to help you navigate support through coaching, through helping you identify who may be able to answer your questions. And just, again, that that sounding board. I'm, I'm there as that sounding board. And there are a lot of people that are here as a sounding board and support for our new hires. And because, again, you're, you first get here, you're doing your work, like you said, you're focused on your work, so you don't realize all the resources you have available to you. So I'm here to remind you what you have access to. And you don't know how to find them. Right, yes. You, you may know because mm-hmm. you're hearing people talk about all these amazing resources and this great place, but you're kind of like, okay, but where? Where yeah. are they? How yeah. do I find them? Um, I want to go back to what you said earlier, too. I know it, uh, Toro already responded to what that made her think of when she first started. And it, what, what it brought up for me, um, and I don't know, maybe this has been other new people's experience, too, but I remember when I was first hired at Cornell, my first job at Residence Life, and I would say the first couple months were definitely a honeymoon period, right? Where, because I was excited to be there, they were excited to have me, because, of course, you know, and, <laughs> it, was just, <laughs> and it was just all kinds of fun and games, and, and it was great. But I, I remember probably a good three months in when there was a staff meeting where we were discussing something, and essentially what, what we were talking about was something that, to me, clearly had an ableist idea to it. It was something about it that was it felt very non-disability friendly. I kind of remember looking around and thinking, oh my God, am I the only one that is realizing that this isn't a good idea or this isn't, you know, what we do? And that's when it kind of hit me, what you said before, Cassie, where, yeah, sometimes you're going to be the only, only, the yeah. only person. And, and the reality was there was nobody else at that time anyway who had an obvious disability. I was the only one, and it just was that realization of these are great people. I am happy to be here. This is a good place to work, and, and <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm not always going to feel that level of connection, and and I might need to be the one that has to do a little educating and yeah. that sort of thing, and that's, that's also an added challenge <laughs> or burden, right, because I'm it already is. trying to learn a new job. I, I'm the one that you need to be teaching, and now I realize I might have to do a little bit more of that than I thought. Yeah, and I think for our new hires, sometimes they're the first hire in quite a few years. So they're coming in with a perspective that is different than everyone else at the table. And it can be difficult to speak up in those moments. But that's also sometimes why you were brought in, because you're coming in with a new perspective and that team recognizes it. But how do you go about doing that in a way that feels authentic to you and delivers the message you intended? And welcomed, right? And so I think, Aaron, just a story that you shared, what's really sticking with me is this idea that you both mentioned that you've been here 10 plus years. And yet that story, it was three months into your career here at Cornell. You still remember it to this Mm -hmm. day. It's still sticking with you, right? 
And so just imagining what some of our other new hires might be going through, which is why some of these types of programs, to Cassie, your point, right? Like, how can we share with our new hires that your voice is welcome, right? You're hired because of the the unique skill set that you bring to the table. And we want to make you feel comfortable sharing whatever it is that you're experiencing so that we here can also learn from that too. Because none of us are perfect and none of us are going to get it right. And because none of us come with the same experience, um, you know, we're not necessarily going to create the scenarios or the environment that's perfect for everybody. And I think we can all strive to do that, though, for each other. You know, part of what makes us feel like we can speak up and share those different perspectives that we probably were hired for is that there's something in the environment around us that's coming from the people we work with or the environment that is signaling to us yeah. <laughs> that, you know, our perspective is welcome, that they do want us to speak up. I guess I'm just wondering your perspective on that. You know, what is it in our workplace? Can't be all the new person doing all the work, right, or or fitting in. So what is it in our work environment? You know, just through the time that you've been, well, all your roles at Cornell, really. I, I don't even think it's just this role that's probably giving you a sense of that, but all your roles. You know, what do you say to all of the rest of us who have been here, who are already comfortable in our workplace in in terms of how can we signal to someone new and joining our team that we want them to be their whole selves? I think leading by example is one way to definitely do that, to, again, share and be thoughtful in your sharing and considerate in your sharing. Also asking, asking, what are your thoughts on this? What can we learn from you on this? Understanding that, again, for those that have been in their positions or their units for quite some time, that, yes, we know a lot. We really do. We, and oftentimes we have the history and we know why things worked and why they didn't work the last time something was tried. But remaining open to new ideas, remaining open to trying something again, that's something that we can do as those that have been here for a longer period of time. Listening is is a key component to making someone else feel welcomed. That's a really good point. Actually, that came up in a, in a prior conversation we had with another guest where they said, you know, sometimes people who have been here a long time mean well because they want to take a new person under the wing and kind of show them the ropes. But sometimes they're, they're showing too much of the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're, they're not allowing a new person to form their own opinion. Right? They're telling them, yeah, watch out for this. Be careful about this. Yeah, you don't, uh, you don't want to go there. This is how don't, we've always know. done it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not exactly the type of mentoring that, <laughs> you know, is always helpful. You want to allow that person, as you said, the space to share what their experience is and not, not necessarily project your own onto them. Right. Yeah. So Cassie, I know we talked about the big red welcome and I've heard about that before and I love every aspect of it. I'm assuming that comes from some of the research that you've done, conversations with new hires in terms of what their needs might be. What other things have you learned from the various research and from new hires? What are some trends that you're seeing? So one of the great things about the employee experience is that everything we do is based on data. Yeah. And that's data from within our workforce as well as outside of our workforce. And so one of the things we do is an acclimation survey. So within 90 to 120 days of a new hire's start date, they'll receive a survey. And that survey is asking them how things are going, what's working, what's not working. And we've been doing that for many years now, um, enough so that we can say we have a, a longitudinal study. And we know what is working well 
and we've learned from what isn't working and we've created a guide for our managers that are involved in the new hire experience on the college and unit level. And that guide provides you with information of what should happen before the new hire arrives, um, what should happen on the first day, what should happen within the first week, so on and so forth. And one of the things we know is that the orientation on the college or unit level is extremely important. And those that have received a formal orientation experience, when asked on the survey, do they see themselves to here two years from now? Those that received a formal orientation, they can see themselves two years from now. And we can check and see, yes, they're still here two years from <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> right. Those who took the survey and did not receive a formal orientation experience, they said they don't see themselves two years from now. And again, we can check and we see a lot of them are not here. So we know from our own data, as well as again, beyond our institution, that the orientation experience on the local level is extremely important. So the guide that we've created is based on the things that were working, the things that are effective, what needs to happen and how soon it needs to happen to support a successful orientation and welcome. One of the other things that we know is really effective is swag. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't want swag? <laughs> yes, of course. And we've been able to work with the Cornell store to create a welcome box for new hires and departments are able to access that. The link is actually within the guide, the guide you can connect to on the HR website, but it gives you access to different welcome boxes you can have sent to your new hire. Um, it can be sent to their home if they're a remote employee or it can be sent to their on-campus space. So again, these are the things we've learned internally and externally that work, and we've put things in place to support welcoming our new hires. You know, I just have to comment on that, on the swag, because uh, as, as everybody knows, I've, I've been in probably four or five different jobs at Cornell, four or five different units. But when I joined this division, I got one of those swag welcome yes. boxes in the mail. And I was like, wow, you know, it's all Cornell stuff, as if I don't already have a bunch of right. it. But it didn't matter. I was still like, wow, HR is awesome. This is so great. So I thought it was just an HR thing. And now I'm realizing, no, anybody can access it yes. anywhere, which I think is a, is a great idea. So even those of us who have been here get excited about something like yes. that, right? Anything free. Yes, there's a lot of different boxes to choose from, and they all contain great Cornell items. So get your swag. Get yeah. your new hire <laughs> yeah. some swag. I think, it's, I, I think what what people feel, though, is that connection right, yes. to the larger organization. Yes. And I think that's what's great about it. And, um, and and I think all of your engagement programs, that's the one theme that I'm seeing, even in the Big Red Welcome and the orientation components of it. It's the connection to everything outside of your immediate team, immediate work environment. Like how, yeah. how is it like that you connect to the larger organization? And I think that's so important for all the new hires to feel. Yeah. And I, I think it's important even more so post-pandemic. You yes. know, we talk about the great resignation. I think that whether you resigned or not, everyone experienced a great reprioritization. Yes. And in that, people want to know that where you're spending a significant part of your time in terms of your life, you want to look back on your life and know that the significant portion of time you spent working was at a place that you felt connected to, that was meaningful. 
And so these are some of the components we can put in place to help someone feel more connected and therefore feel that they're in a space that's more meaningful. And they can, again, look back on their time at Cornell as being a meaningful time, a worthwhile time. The other thing that sticks out to me from based on what you've just shared is, you know, for our new hires to know that like all the data that you're providing, we're doing something with it, right? And I think that's a great message for all of our employees because I know sometimes we do go through a survey fatigue and everybody sends out surveys because they want all this information. But the other side of that coin is a lot of times we don't know what happens with that data, right? And and just you sharing some of the programs that have come out of the information that's shared by our new hires, I think that's an amazing message for new hires to just be aware of that we do do something with the data that we receive from from all of these surveys. We really do. I I'm, again, thankful to work with a team that does data as great as they do. Our HR analytics team is an amazing group of people and experts when it comes to the data. So from the acclimation survey, the remote work survey, the exit survey, these are data points that are reviewed on a regular basis. And again, all programs that we create from the employee experience can be tied back to data that has been collected qualitatively as well as quantitatively. And do you ever share that data at a a smaller scale, right? So I know that you, uh, being a part of a central office, do something with this data and create these amazing programs. Um, Do you ever share this kind of data at a, like, you know, with a department or college or unit level? Yes, um, we actually have dashboards for different data points where our colleges and units can check for themselves how their particular college or unit is doing, as well as how they're doing in comparison to the rest of the university. So we share data as well as we've provided access to data so that, again, the data isn't just in a vacuum. It can be acted upon. And also important for anybody that's actually providing data to know that we definitely keep confidentiality at the top of that, that list as we're going through Absolutely. this process. Yes. Absolutely. You know, you, you've made references a couple of times to the fact that remote work is something that is also being paid attention to in terms of support, data collection, that sort of thing. I'm wondering, Cassie, how have you seen this concept of employee experience and engagement evolving now that we are in this new way of working where we everybody might not be physically together all the time? You know, people are in other parts of the, of the country where they're in and out physically. You know, they're here a couple of days a week, not here a couple of days a week. I guess I'm just wondering your thoughts on how does that, you know, shift how we help people to have a good experience and to feel engaged when we are working in a very different way than we used to. Yeah, so again, from our data, it let us know that we needed to bring in an expert specific to the remote work experience. And that's why we have a new consultant that focuses on the remote work experience in terms of policy, as well as what the employee experiences, as well as what the manager experiences. And so as we move forward, we do recognize we have to do things differently. We have to be more considerate and mindful of the hybrid experience as it relates to programs and services we provide. Um, What does it look like in comparison to working on campus versus working off campus or working out of state? We're taking a look at everything. And again, we are fortunate that we have a new consultant that is providing that expertise to help us improve that experience, whether you're on campus, hybrid, working remotely, 
in-state or out-of-state. Yeah, glad to hear the investment that Cornell's made into that space. Um, so, Cassie, I know we talked about, you know, the survey data results that you receive and, and what really keeps people engaged. Are there things that kind of maybe minimize some of that engagement feeling for, for new hires or even some of our existing staff? Yes, I think when we think about work, in particular meaningful work, there's four components. And I would identify those components as a strong connection to the mission of the university, a strong connection and relationship with your immediate supervisor, a good connection with your peers and colleagues, as well as a connection to your own personal values as it relates to the work you're doing. Ah, okay. So I think when those pieces are not in balance, those are where people feel less engaged. I think that's really, I like that. The mission, supervisor, the peers, and then how all that connects to your values. I like that because it's potentially a way for somebody to, to sort of assess, you know, how are these four things lining up for me? And, and if one of those isn't quite there, it might give you a place to start to think about, you know, what can I do to help change this? You right. know, what is it that I need to do? And I'm not saying that, oh, if one of them's there, then you quit tomorrow. Right. That's right. not what I'm saying, everybody. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. <laughs> but just if you find yourself struggling and you can't put your finger on why you're struggling, I think those four things, asking yourself those four questions could really help you to figure out what is the problem, right. what is the challenge. Right. And, and where the work could happen, right? Yeah. Whether it's an individualized work that you do for yourself um, but maybe it's also a great conversation starters for your team, too. And, and the supervisor to lead some of these conversations, say, hey, here are four things, right? Four areas that I think will help all of us connect with each other. Yeah, I really like that as well, Cassie. That's great. Yeah, and there's the retention and engagement guide that our um, office created, and it has conversation starters for the manager. There is also a separate tip sheet within it for employees that can help you just start the conversation of what will it take for me to be retained? What will it look like when I feel fully engaged? These are simple questions you can ask yourself, simple questions a manager can ask their team, and it can lead to a great sense of insight on what's happening for yourself as well as your team. Yeah, and I think I, I would encourage those conversations from all fronts, right, whether it's the team level or supervisory level, but even for yourself, because you might get a sense of uh, like a feeling that, hey, something isn't right here. But until you figure out what that yeah. is or what's causing that, like, I don't think you can actually lead towards feeling a sense of engagement without knowing what's causing the not engagement to happen, right? right like, what is right. it that's causing that for you? Whether it's one of those four components that we just talked about or something else that's leading to you feeling that way. So I think it's a great conversation to have maybe even with yourself or doing some self-reflection to determine that. That's actually, I think, a really good piece of advice for employees out there. What other things have you learned over the years, Cassie, either through your own experience or through all these jobs that you've had and <laughs> all these roles? Because I know that you're somebody that a lot of people will come to and talk to. You know, they were already doing that, even in, in some of your prior roles, but even more now in this new role, because you have put yourself out there as a very welcoming, open person to, for people to share their, their challenges with. So for anybody who's out there listening right now who is having a challenge and isn't quite sure what to do, you know, they just know they're not having a positive experience, what's your takeaway or your advice for them? Understand that it's likely you're not alone and seek support because you are worth it. Getting to Cornell is not easy. And the fact that you are here 
means you deserve to be here. But being here may not be easy. So seek the support you need to maximize this amazing experience. And the reality is, you may find this isn't for you. And that's okay too. Seek the support you need to maximize the experience to stay or maximize the experience to propel you for your next moment. That's powerful. That's very powerful. That's very powerful. Seek the support you need. I would add getting to Cornell is not easy because anything great doesn't come easy, but getting through Cornell can also not be easy sometimes, right? Sure, that's true of every workplace, but, you know, we have to be honest about that. So that seek support, know that you deserve to be here, that there are people that want you here and want to see you succeed, and so find those people. Right. Yeah, for the most part, I would say almost any and every position was competitive. So you stood out from quite a few people to be selected. And now that you're here, if you're having challenges, again, seek the support you need to maximize the experience. Yeah. And that concept to me is is a great confidence booster for all of our employees, right? And especially our new hires, right? That idea that almost, I would say almost, if not all of our positions are extremely competitive, right? And the fact that you are here, Cassie, you just said it. It's because you deserve to be here, right? So I think that should be a huge confidence booster. And now let's figure out ways to keep you engaged. And we want you to retire from here, right? And so what will that take? Right. And I also want to add on, not only do you deserve to be here, but Cornell needs you here. Yes. 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 I think that that's critical. Cornell does need you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And they may lose sight. Too. We all yeah. lose our way. Yeah. We all lose our way sometimes. Right. So seek the support you need so that you and Cornell can remember why we need you. I think that's an absolute fabulous message for all of our new hires, all of our supervisors, all of our leadership here at Cornell um, to hear. And pretty much anybody. Anybody listening. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a great message for everybody to hear. Well, my goodness. Thank you so much, Cassie. This has been awesome. Great conversation. Um, I always learn so much when, when we get together, and this was no exception. And so happy you're here, and that um, through all the positions that you've had, Cornell <laughs> has not forgotten that they need you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a great experience. It's been quite the journey, and I'm so thankful for it because I have met people like you, awesome people like you. So my life is richer because I know Toral and I know Aaron and I know Bert. So yes. thank you. Thank you, Cassie. Aaron, I'm so glad that Cassie decided to be a guest on this mm-hmm. podcast. We have absolutely amazing conversations with her, and mm-hmm. today wasn't any different than, no, than the conversations we've had in the past. What, no. was, what was some of your biggest takeaways? You know, I really liked, um, well, I mean, it's hard not to still be thinking about how we ended the conversation. Yes. Right? I mean, just the power in some of the phrases that she said, you know, seek support. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you deserve to be here. That may seem so obvious and and whatever, but actually it's not. If you're not feeling that great about how things are going, then you can easily forget that, that there is support and that you do deserve to get that support. Yeah, and I like the how we came like full circle on that, right? And in that the Cornell also deserves to have you here. Yes. Yeah. I really yes. liked that. I really I again I, I agree with you that I don't think we can stop actually thinking about how we ended that conversation because I thought that was just fabulous and amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think we had some amazing tidbits from from the earlier part of our conversation, right? And so um 
when Cassie talked about the big red welcome and the things that she mentioned in there, right? My my first thing that I thought about was this connection to the larger organization. Mm-hmm. I always felt when I was a new hire that that was something that I had to seek out, right? Like, how is my role connected to Cornell? Like, right. ways, like what I do, how does that fit into this whole organization? Mm-hmm. When you're new and you find out this idea of decentralization, yes. it's so hard to understand then how you fit into this larger organization. And I think the the idea of the big red welcome really, really helps connect that for people. Yeah. Well, I think, too, it's easy to forget that it is a larger organization, right? <laughs> you know, that you are part of, you know, um, like we talked about with other guests, if things are not going as well as they could be, or you don't feel like your, your potential is being maximized in your current role, that doesn't necessarily mean that it wouldn't be in another part of Cornell, right? you know, and so it is, but you're right, first you have to have that sense of the larger institution yeah. and how all the different pieces fit together to even be able to see yourself someplace else. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was like that for me was it just hit home because I remember feeling that separation when I first started here and I had to go find that for myself. Well, and that's what she talked about, right? Yeah. I mean, again, she was the one that conceived with the colleague networking group, yeah. a, a version of, you know, that at Cornell. And that was based on her own experience. Yes. And I think that that's really powerful, too, because she recognized that things weren't going as well as she wanted them to be. Yeah. You know, she wanted to find connection and community. And so she channeled that into helping not only herself the community, yeah. but helping the university Correct. create something that is still around and, and helping many other people. Right. And I think she's still doing that in her new role, right? Yeah. Because the Young Professionals Colleague Network Group is, is fairly new compared to the other colleague network right. groups. And so I think she's still she's still doing that for yes. people across campus. And I think it's kind of neat that she's found that opportunity in her current position as well. Well, and in many ways, she's doing some, she's, she's actually living out something that she spoke about, which yeah. is when we asked her, you know, what can we be doing in the workplace that would help signal to somebody newer that they can speak up, that they can share their thoughts and opinions, even when different. Her answer to that was lead by example. Yes. And I thought that that was really important, too. And there's all kinds of ways to lead by example. It could be doing the many things that she's done, where she took her own experiences and translated that into something positive. But it can also be the, you know, speaking up. You know, when you are in a position to speak up and challenge things or point things out that could be better, that is going to be demonstrated to newer people that, okay, that can be done here. Or even if not that, at least demonstrates you as somebody that they might be able to talk with one-on-one about some of their concerns. And I'll tell you the other thing that stood out, the practical um, side of me really liked the data conversation yeah. that we had, right? And yeah. that um, that we ask our employees and our and our faculty as well as and students too to provide a lot of data yeah. via various surveys throughout the year. Yeah. And I and I love that connection that we've made for people that we actually do something with that information. Right. We don't just collect it, but there are things and programs that come out of it. But that this information is also shared at a smaller scale within sometimes within your own departments as needed. And it's available in real time via dashboards, right, that supervisors can access. So I, I loved that I, that conversation we had, too. Yeah, absolutely. All those things are important. You want to know what, we can't know everything that everybody's right. feeling and thinking. We can have a sense of it, but we don't necessarily know. And let's face it, to make any real improvements or change, you do need to have some really good data yeah. that will help point the way to, you know, what what is necessary and what needs to happen next. And so, again, going back to just how we ended the conversation, right, we want to remind our 
our listeners to seek the support that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and definitely, not that we want to put this out there for everybody, but Cassie is an amazing resource that's available for all of us as well. So I want, you know, wanted to remind everybody that uh, we do have a great resource in Cassie. Yep, yep. And a great resource in us Yes, well, definitely. You know? Yes. You know, I was thinking when Cassie said that she might not always have the answer, it reminded me of something that I often say to people, uh, that I've been here a long time, and if I don't have the answer, I usually know where to go get yes. it. Yes. You know, I usually know who might have it. So, yeah. yep. So seek, seek us out. As, seek us out. As needed. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of the Department of Inclusion and Belonging in collaboration with the Cornell Broadcast Studio. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and submit a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps new listeners to find us and the show. For the latest updates on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging at Cornell, be sure to visit diversity.cornell.edu. My name is Erin Sumber-Chase. And my name is Toral Patel. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Inclusive Excellence Podcast. As always, we would like to thank our amazing sound engineer, Bert Odom-Reed, for making us sound wonderful each and every episode. Thanks, Bert. Thanks, Bert.